Hello, and welcome to Lip by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to be on the run and worth a $20 million reward. This week, we are talking all things Netflix's Shadow and Bones Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2. Yay! Yay! It's out. It's out. It's finally out. It exists! And may I say, a little over a year since I first saw the series. I think that's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, it has been. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. Things are moving fast. Time yes, they are. is relative. <laughs> Time is a construct. So to start this season of Shadow and Bone, we learn that Alina and Mal have escaped from Ravka to the country of Noivi Zem. With the intentions of seeking out Morozova's final two amplifiers and using them to destroy the Shadow Fold once and for all. Meanwhile, Kaz, Inej, and Jesper have returned to Ketterdam to find that their beloved Crow Club and the menagerie where Inej is indentured have been bought up by the evil Pekka Rollins. And oh yeah, they've also been framed for murder. I thought this was Shadow and Bone, not a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it is in fact a series of unfortunate events. Not any place. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry, because Alina and Mal are in trouble too, and when they are recognized by second army soldiers and chased from Naviazem onto a ship that belongs to none other than the famous privateer and inventor Sturmhand, Sturmhand and his crew agree to help Alina and Mal find the final amplifier. But do they succeed? Yes! Yay! Wait. <laughs> <laughs> do they though? <laughs> I mean, they do. <laughs> Alina <laughs> kills the sea whip as it tries to kill Mal, and has mm -hmm. two of its scales forged as a bracelet into her second amplifier. Unfortunately, her nightmares about the Darkling have come true as he has emerged from the fold with new dark powers in an army of shadows called the Nichevoya. The Nichevoya. That's a tongue twister. Nichevoya. We finally got that pronunciation. Nichevoya. <laughs> um, and a small group of Grisha who are willing to follow him. Yay. <laughs> Wait, not all as well. Not yet. <laughs> Nothing bad Thanks. happened ever. Things are grim. Things are a little grim. <laughs> a little sad, if you will. Yes. Um, yikes. Yikers. Yikes. Well, I'm Caitlin, and I got up way too early today. <laughs> oh, no. What time did you get up? 5.30. Oh. Which is, in, like, concept, a good idea. So, like, you get up early, you get your day started, and then you're super productive. I was just tired. <laughs> uh, I'm Emberlyn, and... Uh, it is now T minus uh, five days until I see Taylor Allison Swift in concert. Woohoo! I'm excited for you. So, Caitlin, Shadow and Bone is back. Um, we're back at it again with the band of misfits and <laughs> magical beings. Um, yeah, this is true. Was, was there a specific moment uh, that hooked you in this first episode? Yeah, so I figured for this season that we would be getting Kaz's backstory, but I wasn't at all prepared for it to start in episode one. Yeah. Uh, you just get like little flashes of it, but the second it happened, I was like, whoa, hey, <laughs> I just got here. I just sat down. <laughs> I just sat down. <laughs> Let me get comfortable first. <laughs> they said, no, it's trauma time. Let's go. <laughs> So I was like, "All right, cool. I guess I guess we're doing. Uh, we're just getting into the trauma right away." So I was yeah, like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna dive right go. in. Mm -hmm. In the spirit of Taylor Swift, we're gonna dive right in." <laughs> yeah. Ironically, she's diving into the water, much like Cass had to. <laughs> That's so mean and hurtful and sad. Ow! Ow! I didn't write it. I didn't. Ow! Write it. <laughs> Ow! 
Ow, Lee. Yeah. Ow. What, what was your hook besides drama? The map. I really liked the map oh, yeah. scenes. Uh, we talk a lot on this show when we've reviewed past fantasy series, or at least like the book renditions of this series, about how we love a good map in a book. We love when you open up the book and you just get a sense of the world immediately because you get this really great, um, usually very well drawn up map with like all mm-hmm. these cool little magical beasts on it and like little symbols that indicate like what the land is famous for and uh like i love a that sense that, of direction <laughs> yeah a sense of direction is nice <laughs> yeah. so we get that in the show where whenever and this happens i think first when we, we move from a scene with alina and mal to a scene with the crows where it's like we zoom out from noivy zem and then we go mm-hmm. all the way to Ketter dam um and i just love the animation i think it's really cool it makes me feel like i'm like experiencing a book or like i'm reading a book or i'm just like watching yeah. it's very it's just it's like one of those classic fantasy characteristics that really I feel like keeps me invested because it shows that the writers or the authors or the show creators have taken a lot of care in building the world so I really liked that yeah Um, and I feel like that must help people who aren't readers of the books to get an idea of where they are like who's in relation to what so because I I mean, if you don't read the books and you don't have that map in front of you, you have no sense of idea of where Naviazem is or where where Ketterdam is, all in relation to Ravka yeah. and where, like, who's where. Because at this point, they're all kind of spread out across the map of the yeah. Grishaverse. So yeah. I bet you, I'm wondering if that was helpful to people who didn't know, who maybe needed that last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, so I'll also agree with you about uh, Kaz's backstory being introduced, like, immediately. um because i i wasn't expecting us to dive right into that in the book that was a huge hook for me is getting some some kind of hints about why he is the way he is um so for this to for this to come back again um and be so relevant right off the bat in the first episode was like (laughs) ah, like traumatizing for me but i also (laughs) assume a very interesting for someone who hasn't read the book because they actually get to like get that hook right off the bat of like oh wait what's up yeah. with Kaz like what's his whole deal why is he the way he is um, yeah yeah so. did you have any favorite quotes from these first two episodes yeah I love the part where Kaz and Jesper are walking along um at night in Ketterdam and he says uh what did you find out Inej Kaz does and all oh, of a yeah. sudden she comes up behind them both and like startles Jesper a little bit because mm-hmm. um, it's such a great example of their dynamic where you know Inej is the wraith she's so quiet you could barely notice her coming up on you in a crowd of people but Kaz would because of their connection and like their yeah. chemistry so uh, I really like that is. yeah yeah I was like Wah! yeah really got me going and then I- Oh, I always ahead. love that. I know I just always love that in the books because it's like no one can hear her. No one ever knows when she's coming, but for some reason mm-hmm. he just knows. And he's so in tune to her in that sense. And I just I yes. love how they've been like showing that, how they show that in the show where he yes. just like starts talking to her without anybody else knowing that she's there. Really yes. Cool. Oh, it really it hits. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then another one just one of my many favorites from Jasper. It's when um he's sitting in the restaurant across the street, I think from the bank, um, with Inej, and he says, I have so many questions. What, who, why, where? 
And then he's like, I guess that's all of them. I guess <laughs> like he didn't <laughs> he didn't have any additional questions. Like because he's such like a snappy, like quippy character. Um mm-hmm. he's kind of like the Nikolai counterpart for the Shadow and Bone series here, where he's yeah. like the one that has like all of the the great comic relief. Um, though arguably they all they have like a lot of great quippy lines. Um yeah. but I really like that line and I just kind of like I love I love Jasper. Me too. Hard eyes. Hard eyes. Hard eyes. My just for my beloved. <laughs> just for him. Yeah. Uh, and then I love him. Lastly, uh, this was my favorite line so far this season. I think. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I've watched like I think over half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the barrel doesn't belong to kings; it belongs to bastards, and that's Kaz. Iconic. What a great line! I uh, like. It felt like it could have come from the book, and it just just it really made me go, "Oh yeah, that's what I'm looking for." Like that's yeah. that's my that's my man. Oh my god, <laughs> she's Help. prepping. I'm prepping. I'm a huge fan of Jesper, and he had some really good lines. Like I loved. <laughs> laughed out loud when so he and Kaz are like uh taken in handcuffs basically yeah um and they're in the presence of like uh the guy who hired him oh yeah uh that guy and then Sturmhand and (laughs) Jesper just looks at him and he goes what's all this then (laughs) yeah yeah, I thought of you when I heard that I was like oh my god because all the time you and I were like right what's all this then then? (laughs) I mean say all the time and just like I know it's something that's said but just to hear it in a Netflix show I was like ha this is great (laughs) oh perfect I'm gonna refer back to this when people are like no one says that I'm gonna be like well watch this we say it all the time we yeah we you and I say it all the time and it's just like one of my favorite things to say because like it just kind of says everything <laughs> that you yeah. need to say. Just what's all this then? Oh, and I... uh, so I can't wait to just like find a gif of that somewhere and just have it on hand yeah. for when I need it. <laughs> Absolutely. I all the time. Absolutely. That made, me, that made me laugh so hard. Another one from Jesper is when he so seriously says, we are not vultures. We are crows. And that makes more sense with context. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> just like, he's like, this is the lore. You just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, like, you had to be there. <laughs> like, like yeah. that's a really good line if you knew what we were talking about. <laughs> right, right. And then from episode two, <laughs> I loved when Nikolai, a.k.a. Sturmhund, um, just the absolute disrespect he shows Mal, like, mm-hmm. throughout, like, their beginning when uh, Mal's like, what do you want with us then? And Nikolai says, with you? Nothing. Honestly, I'm not even sure who you are. And <laughs> then he just, he refers to Mal as, like, the sun summoner's guest, and uh, then Mal's later like, he can't even bother to learn my name. It's not even a long name. <laughs> just He just continues to, like, not, like, even, like, care who Mal is at all. So I just thought that was yeah. really funny. This line doesn't come from the show, but it comes from my friend Molly, who, when we were watching the first couple episodes together, she looked at Nikolai and says half of this man's acting comes from him holding a drink in his hand because he's always, like, got something. Because, <laughs> like, half his line, half of his, like, acting just is, like, based on this prop. And he's, like, always pouring himself a drink or being like, haha, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, he's a prop actor it's like really yeah, important yeah. to his character <laughs> um so i really like that and i also really liked um the allusions to lines that came from the book specifically from six of crows matthias is in Hellgate, and you see him like kind of think of like dreams that he's had um i'm assuming that they're dreams because of the line that happens six of crows um mm. 
because we didn't see this happen in season one of Shadow and Bone, but it's like mm-hmm. basically him and Nina sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And it just immediately made me think of his opening line of his first chapter when it says Matthias was dreaming again, dreaming of her. And so I really, really liked that. They and did not give us crumbs. They were like, Here. they were like, here's a full course meal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then also, uh, when Kaz uh, said to Inej, all you need to know is that I have a reason, which to me alluded to oh. um, the line in Inej's first chapter that said uh, Kaz Brecker always had a reason or uh, didn't didn't need a reason. Didn't need a reason. Wow. <laughs> I've read this book so many times and I'm like, I don't know what the line is. Yeah, but Kaz Brecker didn't need a reason. Yeah, I really liked that because it was just – I just like – when sometimes when things are hinted at instead of said like blatantly i almost appreciate it more because it's like mm-hmm. if you read the books you're like i know what that is i know what yeah. that means so yeah. i just really liked those little like those little nods where it's like if you know you know if you know you know mm-hmm. if you're a girly if you're in the if you're in the book fan club if yeah. you read books <laughs> if you're a fan of reading for you <laughs> Yeah, so those were those were some standouts for me for sure. I feel like there were so many in these first couple episodes. I feel like the the overwhelming I think takeaway from our review is going to be that this was like a really strong start to the season just because mm-hmm. of everything yeah. that happens right away. What song would you want to be your background music as you live in hiding from your enemies, Caitlin? Um, I said I fought the law by the Clash. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because I fought the law and the law won. Because <laughs> like yeah. they all like kind of like triumphed at the end of season one, and then immediately you open up season two, and they're like, nah. <laughs> so like with especially with the crows, like they get to Ketterdam and Pekka Rollins has taken over everything, and yeah. they immediately get like arrested, and it's just like mm, sorry, <laughs> you got away for like five minutes, and the only time that they were able to rest was on their way back to Ketterdam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. it, and then immediately just started again. Yeah, everything so, is I thought that was consistently funny. is bad. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> Jesper's continued complaining about like his bed and his hats. I just like really felt that. I was like, damn. You come home, your house is literally in shambles. There's nothing you can do. Like you just want to take a nap. <laughs> literally, like it's not right. No. What's <laughs> all this what's then? All this then? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What song would you play? Um, I said "The Stranger" by Billy Joel, uh, because mm. it's like mm-hmm. a very fun, mysterious song. I highly recommend looking up the lyrics because I feel like they are very applicable here. Yeah. Um. And the song starts with like this whistling, like it's just, it's so good. And I, it's on my, I think it's on my Kaz Brecker playlist on Spotify because it's like one of those great, like mysterious, like, I'm like, I'm the guy in town. I'm the highway man. (laughs) I'm the highway man. (laughs) Like it really gives me those vibes. So, uh, that was, that was mine. All right, Emberlyn. So what character would you take first watch for? There are so many characters that I would take first watch for. I can't. It's like going to be really hard for me to choose. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, in no particular order, Mal, I feel like I feel like I love him in the show yeah. like so yeah, much. 100%. Like they really fixed him from the book. Like in the book, I want nothing to do with him. But in the show, I'm like. Oh, what a wonderful man. <laughs> like, <Anymore. laughs> like, 
in this first episode alone, I felt so much admiration for him, and I felt mm-hmm. like just the way he treats Alina is so good. Like, so much better than the book. Like, so lovely. Nice. Like, they're, they are, they work so well together. I feel like their, mm-hmm. their chemistry is just much more noticeable than I feel like it was in the book, where in the book there's, like, no chemistry, just bad vibes, IML. <laughs> But yeah, especially loves... during Siege and Storm. <laughs> yeah, especially during Siege and Storm. Yeah. Oh my god, great point. Like it's it seems like at the point where in the book I was like this guy, like <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was actually in the show like wow, what a beautiful, what a beautiful, beautiful little soul. Like good yeah. for him. <laughs> um, Toya and Tamar, their introduction. I was just yeah. I have nothing particular to say about them yet, but I will say when I first saw them, I was like, <laughs> yes, they're here. I love them. Yeah, like a special shout out to Daisy Head as Jenya. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Her facial journeys for the first two episodes are fucking yep. fabulous. Like she just looks persistently horrified by everything going on around her. Yeah, she's in yeah, like she, it's so like sad to see mm-hmm. how traumatized she's been both before the Dark Link does what he does to her and after. Um, like the little tear when she walks into the room to try to heal some of the scarring on his face. I was like, yeah. Daisy, <laughs> Daisy, please. Daisy. Danielle Galligan as Nina. This is like, Perfection. this is going to come up for me again, but. Like the scene where she kind of like gives Kaz a run for her money, his money, in um in the restaurant when she gets her waffles. Like the plate of waffles comes out, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, I just went and asked the waitress." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> my girl." <laughs> oh, I love Perfect. her. Yep. She she overwhelms me with love. Um, mm-hmm. and then of course Jack Wolf, who I think will be one of the most memorable characters from this season, as oh, Wylan. Yeah. I would like you to talk about about that because I know that's going to be important to what you have to say, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, in our notes, I put Wylan, 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 Wylan. Like, the second he showed up, I was like, let's go. Because I love, first of all, I love his character so much. And also it's, he literally is like, they took him off of the page. Oh, yes. Like he is like, like I feel like the crows have the strongest and most perfect casting amongst like all of the characters in this series but yeah there's just something about Wyland that I'm just like if no one told if if they didn't announce like who was playing who like beforehand and they just showed him mm-hmm. to me I'd be like I already know who he is and I know his story yeah yeah so like Real. when he showed up I was like so excited and he's perfect I thought yeah. I was gonna be bothered because he's not ginger like he mm. is in the books Mm. But I'll allow it because he's perfect. <laughs> but I like he's he's perfect. Everything about him, not even just in looks, but all of his mannerisms, the way he speaks, the way yeah. he just is, is violent. Yeah, like and him. it makes me think of I saw this interview where Kit Young, who plays Jesper, says it. He felt like it took him the a while to meet Jack the actor because he is so wildin and i was just like i love that i love how in tune they all are to their characters and i just think that like especially coming into 
um a new season with such a huge character but like you're coming into a show where everyone already knows everybody else like that must be so hard but it's like he was meant to be there the entire time and i'm just like so happy he's here and with the crows and like in the story now and i love him i love him so much i'm glad that we fought for this show to have a second season because if we hadn't if the fans hadn't like pulled up then we would have never met Jack Wolf as Wyland, and I feel like I know. Be like, yay us! Like, good job. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also said Jenya um, specifically for Daisy Head's acting because mm. she's having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, all of the time she yeah. is constantly in distress, like you said, and I think she is almost always crying, which cannot be easy. And yeah. um, I just feel like she's doing such a, an amazing job at like showing like it, it's it's funny because like this show feels like it's like a fun silly little fantasy show and then you get mm-hmm. to Jenya's story and you're like oh, oh okay <laughs> never mind I'm sad now and, like, like everyone's just like we we're the crows we we're on the run and Jenya's like I'm literally having the worst time of my I'm life I'm <laughs> suffering yeah suffering <laughs> And I just think that she's doing a fantastic job. I also wanted to shout out to Kit Young as Jesper because I also feel like he is perfect. And he, even in season one to me, he kind of just came off the page like this is Jesper. Yes. And um, everything about him is perfect and I love him and I wouldn't change a thing. No. Real. (laughs) Caitlin, is there a character that you would throw your knives at? First, I have two. So first I said the Darkling. Because every time he said Myelina, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, made my skin crawl. I think he might have only said it yeah. like maybe once at the end of um, episode two. But uh, yeah, um, once is I, more than enough, right? It was more than enough. <laughs> he's like Myelina. I was like, who gave you the right? First Your who? Of all? Your property? Like what? Like you are not entitled to her, and also she is not your possession. Mm -hmm. Also, with everything that you did to her, why do you? I still like what baffles me about the Darkling is like so. so, Like my dad and I were talking about this because my dad read the books and he's watching watch the show, and Mm -hmm. we're talking about this with like the Darkling. Like, you see why he is the way that he is. Like, they are caging his people. They are like taking away like basically their rights and torturing them and seeing Grisha as, like, the enemy. So, yeah, I get why he'd be mad about that, but it's the choices that he makes to get power and control, and he manipulates people, and it's just a whole thing. It's like, you could have been redeemed if you weren't such a piece of shit, (laughs) you know? It makes you wonder how authentic his concerns are for the civil rights of Grisha versus just them being a talking point for him to just like Mm -hmm. gain power which is like relatable like that's (laughs) isn't that where we live isn't this yeah I'm I'm, like just check my location aren't we in the United (laughs) States so I feel like I feel like that's such a great example of like who he is where maybe he has these great talking points but it's like I mean if he really was the great and powerful person that he claimed to be then I feel like he would have been more active in securing Grisha rights than just, like, randomly murdering people and, like, yeah. maintaining a dark fold of magic yeah, over there half are other of ways. a city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, half a country. <laughs> side <laughs> eye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you had me in the first half, but again. <laughs> ben I... Barnes has me in all halves and all divides, if you will. 
the yeah. darkling <laughs> and barnes the darkling however i'm just like my guy check yourself so uh yeah. him because he just makes me go ooh every yeah. time like he's especially especially when it comes to alina um mm-hmm. whether he's talking about her or interacting with her i'm just like please get away from her yes, <laughs> like, exactly also pekka rollins for obvious reasons um mm-hmm. I do like that they're showing more of him because I think he is an interesting character. So to see the whole backstory between Kaz and what happened with him um, because of Pekka Rollins is uh, really interesting to see all unfold. So, however, I know what he did and it was not fun to read about. Mm -hmm. And I don't like, not not a fan, not a big fan of this guy. Kind of the worst. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, what, what, what? I think he did it, and I just can't prove it. How many Taylor Swift songs can we get into the podcast before you go see this concert? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get her entire set list. You think it's interesting that she performed 44 songs in her set list? Well, what if I just mentioned them all casually right here, right now? Wouldn't that be interesting and cool? I think so. Yeah. Okay, let's start. Only the Young. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't even sing Only the Young. What am I doing? So what character would you throw all of your knives at? I wouldn't throw a knife per se at any characters, but I feel like I do have a bone to pick, a shadow and bone perhaps, (laughs) with like executives at Netflix that push for like a really tight turnaround on VFX creation because I feel Mm -hmm. like the VFX in this show is are persistently weak. And, like, I'm trying to be mindful that, like, this is a Netflix show and, like, there's a limited budget and time to do these things. But I'm also trying to be mindful that this is a Netflix show and they have unlimited budget and time if they would grant their creators both of those resources to do these things. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple times when, like, something would happen, especially with Alina's power, like, that would take me out, and I'd just be like, okay. And there's a part of me that personally loves this, and I'll get more into this later, because mm-hmm. the show reminds me, I think, a lot of, like, early 2000s sci-fi, like, Doctor Who, where it's like, oh, maybe yeah. the VFX aren't the best, but it's still, like, but fun and immersive. Yeah, yeah and it's, mm-hmm. like, a place to escape to. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, because I love these characters so much and because this story is so vfx dependent because there's so much magic involved i would have liked to see i would have liked to see more i feel like attention to detail on the part of executives i don't want to blame the people who are creating these things because i can't imagine what kind of pressure they're under um i'm sure they're all very talented but just in general i there were times when i was like oh this reminds me of how netflix just like pushes out shows over and over and over again with like some quality issues because they just want to like make money so yeah um that was like that was like the one thing that kept coming back to me over and over again where to the point that i would like to throw knives at the white blurbs (laughs) and dark blurbs that both darkling and alina produce but that was that was it what you're gonna do what you're gonna do um (laughs) look what you made me do Ah! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. Real. <laughs> real. Very real. Unreal. <laughs> All right. So, getting into our peaks and valleys for the first two episodes of Shadow and Bone season two, what was your first peak? Oh, okay. So, given everything I just said, 
about yeah. <laughs> VFX. I think real effects, everything that's everything that's like related to costuming and like mm-hmm. setting set design remains baller. Like yeah, 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 so fucking cool. I think that the level of detail that goes into making a show like this shines through when you look at all of the attention that goes into like embroidering the keftas and like putting certain yeah, books in certain places like mm-hmm. making Ketterdam look a very certain stinky way um there was a point during the sea whip attack where it looked like they used a puppet for at least one of the scenes and I was like mm-hmm. yeah puppet like puppet! that was cool to me like I loved that um visual I think any of those visual effects anything that happened that was like um just done without using any vfx i was just like fully immersed in because Mm -hmm. i think it it really brought out what potential the show has um and uh i i just i feel like there's so much that happens in the book that shines through because of the special attention to detail and to casting and to setting and everything that visually makes this show look cool so yeah yeah that was mine how about you um, kind of going along those lines, um, I love how fantasy this feels. Yeah. Uh, not just in setting, like with what you were saying, but with the dialogue and presentation. And I mm. know at times it can be cheesy and kind of like predictable or just kind of like, ugh, oh my God, I can't believe they just said that. But I wouldn't want it any other way. This mm-hmm. is why I love fantasy because you have those dramatic like lines that you just don't get anywhere else like you're not gonna like they don't work anywhere else like in a real setting but like yeah there's just something about it that it just makes me happy whenever I'm watching something fantasy so there mm-hmm. was some dialogue that I like to call NPC dialogue between two <laughs> Rapkin <laughs> refugees in uh the library that Alina was in yeah and they're basically what they're saying is like like Oh yeah, the sun saint lives. Oh, but she didn't turn tear down the fold like she promised. <laughs> yeah, her and the darkling deserve, you know, bad things happen to them. I hate them and they're the reason why our <laughs> our lives are so terrible. And the, yeah. it's just there for Alina to overhear and for her to yeah. go, "Oh man, people don't like me and that's really <laughs> bad for me right now." And it's just like any dialogue that's just like we are giving out information that everyone totally knows and it's not for the audience to get this yeah. information. It makes me like crack up every time because like I'll watch it and be like, yes, I also too knew that. <laughs> so, yeah. so I just, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, <laughs> the slow-mo that they use in some like fight scenes. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, dude, come on (laughs) like Like, I didn't think it needed to be used but I was Uh like "Eh, whatever it works I will allow it for Jesper um Mm. for the slow-mo to be used there because he's going so fast you kind of have to slow it down to kind of get into the sense of like he's doing this really quickly but for us to understand what's happening you have to kind of slow it down so it works for Jesper's scenes but like with Mal I was like you didn't need that or like it kind of slowed down when Alina does her first big like sunburst thing I was just like this is cheesy I love it so much um (laughs) the way 
the way the Zemini all did like collectively like turned around and like like blocked the path for Alina and Mal to get yeah. away. But then they all stood there for what seemed like two minutes just staring at Alina and Mal and for oh, them to yeah. like kind of lock eyes with each other and be like, We're helping you and then they all collectively like do like the um the symbol for the saint. I'm just like, how did you know how to do that all at the same time? It's giving and Hunger then, Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then and then they all turn around and face the soldiers who had guns to their backs. Like I just yeah. can't imagine like being the Ravkin soldiers behind them and being like What? <laughs> Excuse me. We we need to get over there. <laughs> you know? Like, so I just I was just like, this is great. I love it. There was a poster that was clearly like a drawing of the Darkling and Alina. Oh yeah. Um, that someone did. Because that would make sense. They don't have cameras in this universe that I know of. But um to get a likeness of Alina and the Darkling, someone drew them. But then at the same time, there's clearly a like an actual picture that someone just edited to look like some sort of drawing of Kazanej and Jesper. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I was like, uh, where'd you get that photo? <laughs> like, <kind of> <laughs> I thought that was okay, really guys, funny. Are we get together? We're gonna pose for your mugshot for later in the, yeah. in the season, a couple months from now. Don't worry. Yep. None of this has happened yet. It's just really important. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that instead of doing another, like, drawing of them, they just, it literally, like, they took a still from an earlier scene and edited it to look like yeah. <laughs> a newspaper clipping. Um, and like, then increase uh, saturation? Decrease? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> color? <laughs> yeah, like, I could make it on my iPhone, you know? It's like a Snapchat filter, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then also, like, you don't get dialogue, like, I have returned, and I made some new friends, as, as like, the Nietzsche like, come up behind the Darkling, I'm just like, yes, this is dramatic. Wow. And then you mentioned this. it already, but Tolia and Tamar's entrance had no, no reason to be that dramatic. That's but true. But I love that it was. Because, like... I feel like as, like, a book reader, you're like, yeah, it's Talia and Tamar. Like, yeah. Let's go. And, like, you love it. But, like, I'm just wondering um, if there's anybody who didn't read the books and for, like, them to be introduced like that, to be like, whoa, who are these people? And they just start talking about, like, random things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have no importance at all. Like, I just yeah, wondered, like, like, how that read for them. How are they important? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's, like, it's, like, slow-mo shots of, like, their outfits and their weapons and, like, what they look like. And then they look at each yeah. other and they're like, yeah, we're cool. And it was cool. Uh, and I loved I it. I forgot that happened. Oh, my God. I feel like this is what I'm getting. This is what I'm trying to get at when I say I like that this reminds me of Doctor Who because there's a lot yeah. of, like, really niche like quirky stuff that happens in Doctor Who like bow ties are cool that is like ridiculous and stupid and cringy but then at, on the surface but then underneath it's like no this is my childhood and this is hilarious and I yeah. love this <laughs> yeah. so that's I feel like this show definitely gives me those vibes um mm-hmm. and then I think to your point about the slow-mo I mean my t- I now that you say that now your framing of that makes me realize how silly it is but in the moment my <laughs> tiny pea brain was like yeah right? yeah and that's why <laughs> like, it works because then you're watching it and you're like this cool. is cinema and then you think about it and you're like why like, oh. <laughs> why did they do that <laughs> but just I will I think you're right about Jess Bruce scene it made the most sense and it was also one of my right, favorites yeah. like Oh, mm-hmm. it works so well for the crows because the crows really are like action characters. They're very like 
James Bondy, so it makes sense for them, but mm-hmm. I agree that it didn't it really didn't make sense for Mal. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like we can um, see him throw punches, we don't need to slow it down. It's all good. It's it's he also looks funny. great doing it. It's also funny because I'll talk later about how I feel like the pacing for the show is really interesting this season. So it's funny that Mm -hmm. the pacing, in my opinion, is kind of fast. But then you know the slow motion scenes. Like, Like that's what they chose to slow down. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow this down. This is really important. They're like, slow burn. And they said, slow-mo? No, you said slow-mo. Okay. Slow-mo. Okay. Cool. Noted. (laughs) Um, my, my second peak was that I give so many shits about Nina Zenick and only Nina Zenick. She's so interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. whenever she's on screen, I'm just like fully enthralled by everything she says. Like, yes. she's so like quippy and fun and like cool and like, uh, like I just, I spent the whole first two episodes kind of like raving about her and like listening to her beautiful accent and just thinking mm-hmm. wow I wish she was my girlfriend um so <laughs> I want to I, be her I want to be her and I want to be with her um <laughs> yeah. so I just I was like very immersed in everything that she has done and said so far um yeah. her storyline is like very special to me and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see where things go for her in this season and maybe mm-hmm. in future seasons so yeah um what was your second peak um as to just go along with like characters jesper and wylan have my whole heart um i'm a i yeah. love i love westford i love them together i love them so much in the books so finally seeing them together i was like yay let's go <laughs> right. we're doing it um and at first i thought because like they kind of allude to Wylan and Jesper like meeting beforehand because Wylan immediately was just like, "Oh hey, it's you," and Jesper's just like, "Who are you?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was just like, "Uh oh, like what? What are we doing?" But like, "Hey, the fuck are you? Like, who the fuck yeah, who are the you? Fuck are you?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but and but as well as as much as I loved the slow burn in the books, and like there's still part of me that's like man i wish they like built this up a little bit more like i loved i think it, it worked for me it worked that yeah. they like met before and it just was so freaking funny that jesper didn't recognize wyland until he was literally on top of him <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah oh my god you bought me stew waffles and wyland's like now now this you know who i am hello so, yeah. <laughs> i thought that was so funny um and I just, I feel like, like, as I said, all the crows are perfectly casted, in my opinion, but I feel like Jesper and Wyland kind of take the cake as far as, like, we peeled them right off the book page. Oh, like, yeah. They, like, I don't know what magic they used to find them and get them, but it's like they were made to play these characters, and they are playing these characters, and they do them so well. And you can tell in their performance that they care so much about these books and they read yeah. them and they know these characters inside and out and just I feel like you really see that with Jesper and Wylan in like their subtleties especially since like both of their characters are kind of like chaotic in their own way but when you get like those subtle moments between them you're like they get it that's yeah. Wesper baby that's Wesper, baby. Um, yeah, and then also uh, one last note on Jesper. I think they're doing his wardrobe justice this season. Oh my god! Because 
in the books he's kind of known to just put the most ridiculous colors together and oh. like little outfits and like yeah he mentions like all of his hats and everything in these couple yeah. episodes but like you see what he's wearing you're like that's kind of a dumb looking coat but he's making it work and he loves it and yeah i, I think they're doing great <laughs> they uh, i feel i completely agree with you because when i think back to reading six of crows i think the series was already out when i started it and mm-hmm. i remember picturing people that looked very much like wylan and jesper do in the show and yeah. now we're here and it's like wow they're here that's them, <laughs> did it. <It's> them. <laughs> so i'm with you there i think the strong the strength of this whole show is going to always be casting of the crows like yeah. They're so special. I feel like I want to see them go on. I want to see the storyline of Six mm-hmm. of Crows take place. Like, there's just so much. Like, I love them. I want yeah. them. And um, we know that there is some discussion of potentially, like, a spinoff of Six of Crows in the works. So um, Please. <laughs> I just would love that. And I feel like that would make me very happy and it would complete my life and I would – be content and I would sleep very well at night if that happened so everybody um keep watching Shadow and Bone so that that happens yeah as <laughs> I I'll I'll be I'll admit it the crows are like I mean I loved the Shadow and Bone trilogy but with this show the crows are what I go to like yeah. they are my they have my favorite scenes they have my complete and full attention when they're on the screen because they it was my they were my favorite books and they're my favorite character I think they're the most yeah. interesting characters to be honest yeah so um and I don't blame them for putting them in the first season at all because I really feel like they probably wouldn't have the audience that they have if they didn't have the crows. In the I first agree. Season. So I agree. I think they know they know they're the fan favorite. So it's interesting because I think I'm going to come away from like this next season with a lot of wondering, a lot of pondering about execution of yes. this show and like <laughs> yeah. what could have been done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and what can be done differently in the future to ensure that like the real like the fan favorites are given some attention and that maybe like because one of the one of the things that comes up again over and over again when we talk about the books is like you kind of you don't have to read the trilogy first but it does introduce the world to you it's a great setup it's recommended you yeah. read the trilogy first before you get to Six of Crows which is arguably the strongest book in the whole Grishaverse where that trilogy maybe isn't seen that way and I wonder if that would have been something to think about in this scenario and if it remains the case that like we needed to set up the world and like what could I will be thinking probably forever until the day I die about like what could be done differently to ensure that like the crows are given their flowers but which is what I'm about to talk about for my valley yeah (laughs) what's your valley uh so the pacing and the, the back and forth between the crows and Alina's storyline is driving me fucking bonkers. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I think the part of it, like, part of it is the storylines are not fully intertwined like they were in the first season. Like, I think toward the end of the season, we'll probably come back to where we were again, just based on where I am right now. But, like... I feel like right now I'm watching two different shows and then when we go, I'm kind of like, it's like a tennis match where I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like things just keep changing and my little brain can't keep up with it, you yeah. know? So, Especially since you're going through like, at this point, five books. 
You're like, yeah. oh, we're in Siege and Storm. Oh, we're in Six of Crows. Oh, we're we're in Ruin and Rising. Kingdom? We're in Crooked Kingdom. Like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. It's all moving so quickly, and I'm like, it, I'm having a really hard time keeping up because I think I agree with you. Like, there are things that I wish happened later. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I almost kind of <laughs> wish they hadn't jumped right into Kaz's storyline because, as much mm-hmm. as it was a hook for me, I was like, mm-hmm. part of me is like, the part of, part of me is like, a, why wasn't he having these flashbacks last season, and B, um, can we, like, what, what is the instigating, is it coming back to Ketterdam, is that the instigating action that causes him to start thinking about this again, like, you know, that's just a good like, point, it's not very <laughs> clear to me how we just kind of jump back into this, um, and it does stress me out a well, little bit, but I, I, I think, sh- go ahead. I think the argument for why he is suddenly having flashbacks is the fact that Pekka Rollins has taken over the barrel. Mm. Um, and because he's the one who's kind of in charge and he overtook oh, the yeah. pro club and everything, um, I think that is a good reason why, why now he's having the flashback and why we didn't see that last season. Because in last season, he was in a comfortable spot. Like, he was yeah. in control of his club and everything. But now that Pekka has the upper hand, like he did when he was a child i feel like hmm. that that i feel like in that case it works for me but i do still stand see your point is like where was this last season like all of a sudden she's like oh yeah and by the way he has trauma <laughs> <He's> trauma, <laughs> so. and that's hard it's hard to reconcile with the show because in the show we don't meet kaz until like right now but in right. or no in the book we don't meet kaz until right now so the assumption is this is what he's been thinking about for the last like 10 years of his life yeah. without being in a comfortable place ever so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to reconcile those things i guess i guess this is kind of what's hard for me to reconcile in terms of pacing is like you've got the crows storyline which is very fast paced and like mm-hmm. you know everything's always happening and then we tune back to like mal and alina and they're on the ship with this guy named sturmhound and like we're yeah. we don't know what's going on but it's all good and we're gonna find the little the scales we need and it's all good you know and it's like <laughs> you I get back just, to cut it down and you're like chaos <laughs> yeah it's very hard yeah. to go back and forth but that was one for me and then um speaking of Sturmhound, i will talk more next yeah in our next episode about why exactly i wanted more from this but i just found his introduction very underwhelming like, mm-hmm. I think I wanted more in terms of face. And mm, yeah, I yeah. wasn't getting that. And we'll talk more about that next week. But I just wanted mm-hmm. to cue that when he just shows up in the scene with Kaz and Jesper. First of all, I like that they are meeting already because I think they have a great dynamic too. But, like, yeah. at the same time, I was just like, oh, there you are. What? <laughs> what? Hey, <laughs> hey <guy. laughs> Hello? Um, <laughs> so uh, that. And then lastly... Um, I know like, I know this isn't a direct adaption, so there's gonna be some changes. I think the one thing that kind of like thing that the one thing that kind of pissed me off was um, they killed off Tante Helene, um, and or at least Tante Helene is being accused of, or it, the accusation is that the crows killed Tante Helene and she's dead. And that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, look, honestly, yeah, because like. I think it, it would be a big disservice to Inej and her story for them to kill off Tante yep. Helene and not give us that experience of seeing Inej being able to, like, not avenge, but, like, heal a little bit and take back what 
is hers from Tante Helene. Yeah. So hopefully Agreed. that's not the case. Fingies yeah. crossed. Um, how about you, Caitlin? Um, so my first, hey, why are we doing this <laughs> moment? Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that's a good description. They, yeah. <laughs> what's all this then? What, what's um, all this then? Is they gave up the information of Jesper being a Durast real quick this oh, season. Oh, yeah. I agree. I oh was my God. like, no, no, no. Yeah. For free? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like last last season when they gave up the Darkling's name as Alexander like immediately. Like it took us three books to get that information. And for yeah. uh Jesper, we're like halfway through Six of Crows before we get we the audience find out because yeah. they use it in a scene because um, they it just it's a very relevant and um an important scene in Six of Crows. But it's like half it's almost halfway through the book that you get yeah. it and like. You get first episode, and Kaz is like, just throws like a coin at him to get out of his locks. And Jesper's like, What am I supposed to do with this? And Kaz is just like, You yeah. know, and I yeah. know, and here's all the reasons why I know. Which, like, yeah. again, that's why I, I liked how they were doing it last season because they were hinting at it. Where it's yeah. like, If you read the books, you know what's going on, and that's really cool. But if you didn't, you're like, Ooh, what's, what's all this thing? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what's going on with Jesper? I kind of wish that they didn't reveal that right away. Like, again, you can keep mm-hmm. hinting at it, maybe, but then maybe halfway through the season reveal that he's a Durast, because it just it was such a cool um, reveal in the book. Yeah. Because um, I remember reading it, like, not exactly realizing what was happening at first, and then I go, oh, my God, he's a fabricator. Like, this is so freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, especially since, like, he hides that from people and like most Grisha up until this point are like, yeah, yeah I'm Grisha. But Jesper's mm-hmm. like, Shh, don't tell anybody that I'm Grisha. Uh, so I, I really didn't like that. They just gave that up super, super quick. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And then it's so, it's so special. It's such an important part of the book. Like, yeah, it's something I didn't see coming throughout all of, all Exa- of the series exactly yeah so it was important it was like a huge thing for me when i found out so i agree yeah justice yeah. and for also <laughs> justice for jesper um but also the fact that like he just takes the coin and then like he literally like turns his hand and then there's a key in his hand he's not that skilled like, oh he, yeah oh my he god he didn't yeah. get the training that like he didn't go to he was from navia's m so he didn't get like the ravkin training that everybody else basically does or like the grisha training like yeah his like he got a little bit of training but it wasn't in the way that would make you super super skilled right and then he just stopped completely yeah. and and that's like the whole reason why he has like a not the whole reason but part of the reason why he has a gambling addiction is because like if yes. you're grisha you don't use your power you get sick and that's like a whole thing in the books and it was also like a struggle for him in Six of Crows of like, yeah, he's a fabricator, but he's not the best at it. And that kind of like causes some issues, but he like slowly yeah. gets a little bit better or he gets more comfortable as a Grisha and yeah. like demonstrating the fact that he's a Grisha. So the fact that he's just like, here's a perfectly fit key, yeah. <laughs> like bothered me. And I'm point. just like, like, I love you, but you're not supposed to be good at this. That is know? a great point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So... I wasn't uh, the biggest fan of that. I also, like, when you talk about pacing, I was immediately concerned when Pekka Rollins had control of the barrel. Because I was like, yeah, hey, 
huh yeah <laughs> what's going on yeah that uh, was a big shock for me too yeah so i was like this feels crooked kingdom me this feels so crooked this feels crooked <laughs> <laughs> uh so that was that was a little uh concerning uh i also said so much is happening so fast because i feel like that is kind of just an overall <laughs> uh generalization of um how i feel about like these first couple episodes so far and then yeah um also just the fact that alina and mel have it so cozy right now where yeah true i felt like like in the books they're living below decks on Sturmhan's ship. They don't know Sturmhan. They don't know if they can trust him. The Darkling is on the ship with them in mm-hmm. the book. And I understand that they have to make changes. I totally get it. Yeah. But it was just, it was so easy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was like, hey, we need to get on the ship. And they're like, all right. Okay. Come on over. <laughs> you want to play some cards? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was just like, I was like this, ah. You're supposed to be having a really bad time right now. Like, everything Literally. is supposed to be stressful. And Alina and Mel are like, do-do-do, time to go on a Everything ride. is great. Yeah. 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 So I was, like, I was really looking forward to some scenes that, like, so in the book, when they find the sea whip, they find the sea whip, and then they mutiny against the Darkling. And it's a whole fantastic cool. sequence. It is yeah. so cool. And it played like a movie in my head while I was reading it. And that's like mm-hmm. what hooked me. And I ended up almost finishing the book that day. So it was just like, I was like, okay, I'm in it. Like, this is so freaking cool. Yeah. And I love that scene so much. And it just didn't exist in the show. It was just <laughs> like, no. You can't do everything. But I'm like, but that was so cool. Like, ugh. Yeah. It feels I, like, like it feels like yeah. they have to, they've been taking, because they made the choice to have these two stories going on at the same time, and then like kind of three stories, and you think about the fact that the Darkling is now off with a couple of Grisha and David and, and Jenya, but like, I think yeah. it, 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 that means you have to take a lot of liberties, obviously, with like storytelling, and I wonder if that like kind of takes a lot of the weight off of some of the scenes that are taking place so far that happened in the book, and we're like really interesting and cool so i i agree with you i yeah there's so much that you're pointing out that i'm like oh yeah that happened <laughs> yeah, yeah wow wait yeah. a second <laughs> wait <Yeah>. a second <laughs> who are you but yeah those are my valleys great on amazing <laughs> so caitlin we have a brand new tier list for Yay. this show um, would you like to tell us what the categories are? Yeah. So um, at the top of our tier list, we have Wee! Wee! <laughs> which is uh, this, a sound that both of us have adopted this year. It just it gives the emotion of, wow, we really like what's going on, but we have no words for it. But it just makes us go. Wee! <laughs> We're having so much fun. Yay! Yeah. Such a good time. Good yeah. So that's the top. Um, the second tier is nice but like nice taylor swift you know in yeah, to yeah. keep with the theme that emberlin is about to go bingo boingo bonkers insane at the eras tour um yeah and then our neutral rating uh the third tier down is i'm just here for a good time like yeah maybe it wasn't neutral. the best but it wasn't the worst but it was still was like yeah, yeah i'm having fun and that's kind of all that matters at the end of the day Worst uh, things have happened to me in my lifetime. Exactly. As have better. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just, we're just here for a good time. Not a long time. 
Uh, the fourth <laughs> tier down, where we're getting to a, like more of our negative territory, is I guess, like I guess, I guess that was a thing that happened. You decided it. You made a choice. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, and then our very uh, final tier for the worst of the worst is right. What's all this then? <laughs> Right, what's all this then? What's all this then? <laughs> Day in the life of a practice geezer. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, so those are our new tiers for Shadow and Bones Season 2. And Berlin, where do you rate these first two episodes? If I could, I would put it somewhere in between. I'm just here for a good time and mm-hmm. nice. But because it's Taylor Swift week, I'm going to say nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is. Um, How about you? Yeah, I I agree. For these first two episodes, I'm going to say, nice, because (laughs) I, uh, like, once we, like, started it, I was like, oh, I missed, I missed this. Like, it's been a while since I've watched, like, a really, like, like a, like a fantasy, like, show and everything, so, and I was just really excited Mm -hmm. to see all of the characters again, so, um, I was, I was having a good time, but it was a little bit more elevated for me to go, nice, (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's an elevated feeling of having a good time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was a strong start. Strong start to the season for me. So that's gonna do it for us. Um, right. <laughs> thank you for listening to Live by Moonlight. Tune in next time when we review episodes three and four of Shadow and Bone. Woo-hoo. Go to our YouTube channel spotify page whatever you listen to us on there's a lot of things that we have a lot of opinions on so yeah join us bye bye